You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hey, if you've been listening to the show and you've been loving the content, loving the guests, and really appreciate all of the work that's happening in the Money Nerds community, then do me the biggest favor and leave a five-star review. If you leave a comment, it tells me exactly who's listening in, what you like and what you don't like, and all of that feedback means the world to me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to the Money Nerds podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. All right, I don't know if I've ever officially shared this, but when Tony and I went to Disney World, it was hysterical. So here's why. I feel bad making fun of him. I really do love the guy, so don't think I'm being a jerk, but maybe I am kind of being a jerk. I guess if you have to apologize for that, that's usually a sign it's probably kind of jerky to say. So Tony's not the biggest person into amusement rides. Like He just does not like roller coasters. He doesn't like rides. It's just not his thing. I love them. I have the best time. I think it's seriously one of the best. So when Tony and I went to Disney World, we were in Orlando for FinCon, the conference I go to every single year, and we decided to extend our trip and, and explore Disney World a little bit. We've been to Disneyland. We've been to Disneyland Paris. Like We've been around the block a couple of times when it comes to Disney. So this was the next logical thing to do. We're sitting in line, and remember, he hates rides. So he legit, you guys, he had the biggest panic attack. Couldn't go on any of the rides. All of my pictures is like of me just sitting there having the best time, like hands in the air, smiling, cracking up. Those were all of my memory pictures. No joke. I'll have to post a couple on Instagram because it was so funny. But he did come around eventually and he did go on some of the rides and we ended up having a pretty great time. But Disney World is considered one of these like happiest places in the world. That's what they say. However, what I found is it can come with a very steep price tag. We found some strategies to save some money while we were in the parks. One of our strategies was like asking for a cup of ice water instead of buying a bottle of water. So that saved a little bit of money there. We also went during the not so scary Halloween party. And so we purchased a seasonal like one of the little one off events for that night. And then it gave us extended access into the park, which was kind of cool because it, it is expensive, but it's a really killer vacation. So if you're a Disney fan, you're going to love this episode. Today, I brought on a couple really special guests, Walter and Steven, to talk about all of the things Disney. They are really, if I mean, if you think I'm a Disney fan, they're extra. Like it, it's pretty cool. Their entire business model is all based around Disney. But before we dive into Walter and Steven and all of their awesomeness, I have to share a really great money one with you. This money one comes from Trisha in the private Facebook group, Manage Your Money Like a Boss, which I highly encourage you to come join in. There's a rule in that group that there's no assholes allowed. So it's truly a safe place. I work really, really hard to filter out a lot of the garbage because, hey, we're all just trying to do a little bit better and we don't need any of that shame or negativity when it comes to our finances. So that's the group to be in. All right, here's what Trisha's money one is this week. She said, here's a money win for you. 
I potty trained my two-year-old last month. No more diapers or wipes and save $30 every single month. ka Compare that to training my other son when he was four. I'll save $600 that I had spent on him, probably more because I was getting a more expensive brand before I found this one she's using now. Hashtag money win. Trisha, I think that is such an incredible money win. I mean, it's a life win. Let's be real. I can't even imagine how thrilled you are to have another one potty trained and not have to worry about that situation. Obviously, I don't have kids. You guys can tell this. I'm like, oh God, that sounds like a huge nightmare. I mean, I potty trained my dog and that was hard enough. So I can't even imagine potty training a human, but I am so, so proud of you and super stoked for you to make those money moves and now be able to put that towards your financial goals. I think that's super cool. Okay, are you guys ready to meet Walter and Steven? Let me tell you about each of them. Walter Russell is a financial planner. He's got a passion for all things Disney and he and his family have traveled to Disney World as like tons of times, you guys. It's like ridiculous. They go as often as they can. His expertise in the financial realm, it translates into excellence in strategy building and creating a plan that just works. He's dedicated to helping people have a great Disney vacation every single time. Now, Steven trailer is a little bit different. He's a commercial pilot with an eye for precision. Disney World is his favorite vacation spot for his family, and they also travel there pretty frequently. His attention to detail and love of planning drives him to create strategies for touring Disney World. So see how they have like really perfect complimentary business savviness and it saves people time and money on their vacation. So Walter's a financial guy. Steven's more of the strategy logistical side of the business. So here's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. If you're a Disney fan, I think you're just going to love this so much. I thought it was really interesting. We're going to talk about how they started Follow the Orange Backpack. This is the business that they have, where that name came from, and what exactly that it is that they do. We talk about how many days to spend in Disney World. It is a massive park. I was shocked by that. And so we break down how much time is enough time. We talk about the best place to start when exploring Disney World. So you walk into this park, what do you do first, right? We talk about some strategies for keeping costs low on food and lodging. The stuff can get quite spendy. I'm very aware of that because I've experienced that firsthand. We talk about some of the seasonal events and the ones that are really awesome and the ones that maybe aren't so cool. So that's really helpful too. We talk about fast passes. This is like an entirely new world to me. These are a real thing, you guys, and they're all electronic now. I didn't know that. I thought it was like literally a physical ticket. That's how old I am, I suppose. We talk about what makes Disney a successful company, some of the traits that they admire in the company, and we talk about some really cool hidden parts of the park that most people miss. I seriously love this conversation so much because I know Disney is such a big part of a lot of people's lives, and so that's why I was really excited to bring them on the show to chat a little bit about Disney. The cool thing is on their website, followtheorangebackpack.com, they give you guides. Like they actually like legit have everything like all detailed out of how many days you're going to be one day in Epcot, one day in Disney World, Animal Kingdom. Highly recommend, by the way. Animal Kingdom was my fave. It was so good. You get to see all the cute animals. Anyway, so on their website, followtheorangebackpack.com, if you use code MONEYNERD10, Money Nerd 10, it'll save you 10% off their guides. And they're really budget friendly anyways, but it's always nice to save a little extra cash, right? Anyways, I am so excited to introduce you to Walter and Steven from Follow the Orange Backpack. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today I'm joined by not one, but two guests that are both amazing, Walter and Steven from followtheorangebackpack.com. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out. I'm super excited to chat with you. Thanks for having us on, Wendy. We're excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited as well. So, okay, when I first heard about what you were working on, I was immediately 
kind of pissed that I found out about it later because I just went to Disney World and that would have been very helpful to know some tips and tricks before I actually went there. So I love what you're up to. And before we dive into all of your fun tips and tricks, Stephen, can you tell us a little bit about Follow the Orange Backpack? How did this concept come to life? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Walter and I have uh, been to Disney lots of times. Uh, I I was fortunate enough to go when I was a child lots of times to Disney. And uh, as I got old enough to have my own family to go with my kids, we've tried to go just pretty much every year over the last 10 or 11 years, something like that. So we've been a lot of times. Walter and his family have also gone many times as well. And we became friends at, at, you know, in the last few years and decided we wanted to go to Disney together. So we did some you know trips together to Disney. And uh, we Kind of we're coming up with a plan. We had done it the wrong way in the past. You know, many people go to Disney and they're not really sure how to uh, go about navigating the parks and the dining and the ticket options and all these other things. And we had been down that same road as well. And Walter and his family had been down that road. And uh, so we kind of got together and planned a trip together and started going. And uh, we had a large group of people with us. You know, it's probably 13 or 14 of us with the kids and the wives and everybody else. And uh, trying to navigate the parks. And we had a plan all figured out in advance. And uh, as we were trying to get around the parks, we'd go from attraction to ride to ride. You know, when, where we go next? You know, when we kind of be looking around and to kind of navigate the whole group to get them going where we were going, we kind of had to put one person in charge to kind of lead the group. And I was nominated for that task. <laughs> and I had an orange backpack on, which is a bright orange backpack. And uh, it was kind of, I don't know, it just kind of came up naturally in conversation. You know, hey, follow the orange backpack. And so we kind of made that the mantra for the trip. And we all just sort of followed the orange backpack for the whole trip. And that kind of just led us around. And, uh, you know, we had all come up with a plan together as a group, but I was kind of just following the plan as we had as written out. So uh, starting the name of the website that way kind of just made sense. It was kind of just a natural fit for us. We kind of knew, like, you know, this is kind of how, how we navigated Disney successfully. We'd done it wrong a few times in the past before, and this time it worked really well for us, you know, kind of following a plan and a strategy. So it just made sense. It was a natural fit for the call on the website that just to help people to find a good way to navigate Disney just because there's so much uh, bad information out there about Disney and how to, to do it and how people have had uh, unsuccessful trips and things. And so we want to help people with that. And, uh, you know, in the same way that people, you know, the, on the trip followed the person leading the pack, you know, with the orange backpack, we want to help people lead their trips and kind of give them the strategies so they can be successful in what they do on their trip. That's so cool. So, Walter, it sounds like you're you're pretty much a crazy Disney fan, too. How many times do you think you've been to Disney World specifically? Oh, I'd probably say over 10 plus times. Um, <clears throat> I remember as a kid, the first time going to Disney World, um, I don't know if you, you remember riding into on the monorail, going through the contemporary that really allowed me to fall in love with Disney, and I've ever been, I've been there ever since. I think we try to go yearly, like Stephen's talking about. Um, oh. <clears throat> from there, um, I do recall the first time I went. You know, I was able to take the kids. It was I call it our ten thousand dollar experiment. Um, I, we have three daughters. I think what sixteen, fourteen, and twelve, and we took them back in two thousand and nine in February. And I think my wife and I, we spent, you know, over 800 bucks a, a day just, you know, lodging and food costs and everything, um, partially because we didn't know what we were doing. Um, this is prior to me meeting Stephen and, you know, getting a plan together. But, um, you know, we rented a car. And the reason we rented a car is because our daughter, you know, we were afraid that if she rode the bus, she might have an accident and we'd have to go back to the hotel and, you know, that would delay the trips and everything else like that. So along with the seven day stay of $10,000 at Disney, um, my middle daughter, 
uh, she got sick on the way home and she threw up on the airplane um, on the way home. So that was a fun experience being up in the air. Then when we got home, the other two got sick as well. So uh, not only did we spend a lot of money and we wasted a lot of time, but it wasn't uh, a fun vacation. Um, no. To say- <laughs> no, that sounds terrible. I can only imagine like dealing with one sick kid on the plane and then getting home and having a couple more that are sick. Like, yeah. happy vacation. And that's, and that's because we ran them. I'll be quite honest with you. <laughs> when you spend $800 just staying and then you got $100 per person getting into the park, then you got food, you want to get your money's worth. So, <laughs> so I think that's usually one of the biggest mistakes that people make is, you know, trying to see everything, um, which you're not going to be able to, you know, oh. look. This is so good, you guys. I'm forwarding this to my mom. We have a joke. She's like this crazy Disney person, too. And every time we go to Disneyland, she's hardcore. Like, she's a jerk. She just makes this go the entire time. If we even stop to get a corn dog, like, that's a big deal. <laughs> so it's ridiculous. How funny. You know, Wendy, you'll be glad to hear this. In all of our plans, we have a pretty firm belief that you should take a break in the afternoon. Uh, it's, and actually, it works out to where you actually... Uh, typically you'll actually get a lot more done just because you're more rested because most people they go you know especially down in Florida in the summertime people go during spring break or you know the summer break with their kids and they go till you know open to close and they're you know just powering through it and uh, you might get a lot done that way but you're probably not going to come out of it having a great time you know you look back on it like man we got some stuff done but we're exhausted you know we're just so tired so you'll be happy to hear that we, we do encourage people to take a break in the afternoon that's that's a big part of our strategy is we enjoy it a lot more if we take a break in the afternoon. And get I a little bit of so appreciate that, guys. So, okay, let's talk. Do you specifically focus? Is it Disney World that's the primary focus at this point? It is. Yeah, Disney World is the primary focus uh, on the site at this point. Uh, we'd like to eventually add all the parks as well, but uh, Disney World is our primary focus at the moment. Okay, and why why did you decide to go that route? Just curious. Because um, <clears throat> Stephen's parents relocated down to Florida, so he gets down to Florida, what do you think, about six, seven, eight times a year? Yeah, pretty often. Yeah, yeah. I'm down there quite a bit. So it gives us an opportunity to be in the parks more and uh, just you know see what's going on, stay updated, be able to update the content on the site and try to uh, you know keep people updated with what's going on. And Disney World, I've been in you know, the parks, Disneyland as well, on, on the West Coast and hope to get to the other ones around the world as well someday. But uh, the one in Disney World, it's kind of just been, the one down in Florida has been kind of a favorite of ours all these years. We've just been there a lot of times, and it's kind of our go-to place. So kind of made the most sense to really focus on that initially with with the site and with the business and everything. Okay, so I didn't prep you guys for this one, but I'm curious for each of you, how many days do you think is ideal in Disney World? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. It kind of <laughs> depends on on the family, I guess, and yeah. you know, what works for you. Uh, we. Our family, I can tell you what works for us. We would typically go about a week if we could. Uh, and we wouldn't go to the parks every day. We have done that before. We've gone you know, six or seven days straight in the parks. And I don't know that I would recommend that. It's, it's very exhausting to do it that yes. way. Uh, probably you know, maybe three or four days is pretty good for most people. They can kind of see the majority of what they want to see uh, in that time. If you want to do every single attraction that you can and see every show that you can do it, you, know, you probably would want to go a week, you know, six or seven days in, as far as in the parks. And maybe spread that out over a week and a half if you can. You know, it really just depends on your budget mm-hmm. and what your time frame allows, you know, for you to do. But most people, I think, do three to five days, somewhere in that range. I think that works pretty well for most people. Yeah, know? I would agree. I, I generally like doing three days um, because what my wife likes to do is she likes to go to the beach, you know, on the back end for Disney trips. So we generally try to do three or four days to the parks. And we generally go to the park. And then we go to the water parks 
park, water park, park, water park. And that's part of our strategy because it allows us not to be walking, you know, uh, around Disney World all the time. You know, I think the last time we went, you know, Stephen had a Fitbit and we were just checking on how many steps we took. And I think we were over like 25,000 steps per day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, you know, with if you're really doing it and you're going for most of the day in the parks, it's not uncommon to walk nine or ten miles in a day. Yeah. Dang. Just, yeah. There's Easy. our exercise plan. What are we doing here, right? <laughs> <laughs> just spend all of our money in Disney World and get all of our cardio. It's perfect. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. This is amazing. Okay, so one of the things that I was so shocked about when I went to Disney World is I'm a West Coast gal, so for me, Disneyland was always my go-to. Disney World is massive. It is like an entire city over there, it feels like at least. So where do you recommend people start? Let's say they can only go for five days. This is like their their once-in-a-lifetime trip. What park do you suggest they start at? Stephen, do you have any suggestions? You know, I think it would depend on, you know, what time of year they're going, if they're going on a weekend, if they're going during the week, and you can get really into the, the details there if you wanted to. There's different crowd levels in every park and every day, but for the for the average family, I would say Magic Kingdom is probably the iconic Disney park in Disney World. You know, it's a park with the, with the castle, you know, Cinderella Castle that most people think of when they think of Disney World. Uh, that's kind of the park we tend to like to start with, and then we end with that park as well. So we'll start at Magic Kingdom and kind of enjoy classic rides and attractions and shows and things that we like. And then sort of at the end of the trip, we'll kind of wrap it up with a day in Magic Kingdom, release an evening in the Magic Kingdom, and we'll watch the fireworks. And it's kind of a nice way to sort of cap off the trip. Yes. Uh, so, you know, it depends on your preference. If you have some favorites, you know, the kids are just excited to get to Animal Kingdom because they want to go to Pandora. Or they want to go to Hollywood Studios to see Toy Story Land. Or, you know, there's, there's all these different areas that they can go to. And it really depends on the preferences, I think, of the family. But I do think Magic Kingdom is usually the go-to place for most people. Mm-hmm. Walter, would you agree with that or would you start a different park? No, I would start there first. Uh, we generally start there and end there um, because they have a great nighttime show. And it kind of wraps up the whole vacation um, when you go and see the nighttime show. But, yeah, I would agree. We would start there. And rumor has it there is actually now the Dole Whip with alcohol in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is this world? This would have been so great for me when I was getting trampled around by my mom you know <laughs> right yeah oh dole whip is a big favorite in our family we have to get a dole whip every time we go oh it's so good it's uh, so good okay delicious. so let's talk a little bit about if somebody were to go and we're, we're going to assume it's five days maybe two kids and yep. uh two parents so we got a couple family of four and they're trying to keep the costs down what can they do to start saving costs because i know tickets are quite expensive Yes. So how do we how do we mitigate some of the other costs, Walter? Any suggestions there? So we so from my background as being a financial planner, um, what we generally try to do is we try to tell everybody to start with the plan. You know, for example, you start with the end in mind. So if you have a budget of you know five thousand, you know seven thousand dollars, you want to spend. Uh, we generally try to tell people to go off season, um, and what what I mean by that is. There's usually large crowds during the summer, but if people can go, you know, September, October, early November, that's where we try to go, um, tell people to go, because number one, the tic- the ticket prices are cheaper, hotel hotel prices are cheaper, and there's less crowds as well. Um, so that's where we generally start is saying, hey, let's start this planning. If you know that you're going to go a, a year from now, let's start planning today, you know, looking at flights, because you, we all know if you book flights, 
early, you're going to get a cheaper rate um, on the flights. Um, then there's also scheduling, you know, reservations for food and everything else like that um, as well. Um, is there anything else you want to add to that? No, yeah, I think that's that's the biggest tip I think we would give most people who are asking, you know, what's the biggest thing I can do to save money? We would say consider what time of year you want to go. You know, some people don't have an option. They have to go in the summertime because that's when the kids are out of school. They have to go during spring break and they don't want to pull their kids out. And that's understandable and you do the best you can. And in that case, you'd want to go with a plan of some kind to kind of know which order to do things in so you can get the most amount done as possible. But, you know, if you're able to go in, uh, you know, like the beginning, like Walter said, you know, uh, September, October, maybe early November before Thanksgiving, or if you go maybe into January and February, it's a little bit slower time of year, and you'll find that the prices are a little bit cheaper that time of year. Lower crowds, you wait less in line, you'll get more done, everybody will be a little bit happier. You know, if you don't like that uh, that really hot weather, January and February is a great time to go as well because it's much more mild. You know, Florida gets very humid in the summertime, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's that's a good time of year to go. But I'd say that's kind of the biggest tip I'd give them first is go at an off-peak time, you know, because you'll, you'll save the most on your tickets uh, you'll save the most on your hotel, and, and a lot of things will be easier for you. Got it. And then how do we start to save money? Because I know it's it's important for a lot of people to experience some of the different foods. And I mean, yes. they have incredible food, but how do we save a little bit of money on food while we're in the park? So, I, you know, I, I've got one tip that we I think we have adopted. Uh, we generally eat breakfast in the rooms, and we generally eat lunch in the rooms as well, part of our break. Um, <clears throat> so I remember one time when we went on a trip, uh, I have a discount, a huge discount with FedEx. So I sent a, you know, kind of a care package down, I think a week before we got there, full of dry food and snacks and everything else like that. Um, I shipped, We went to Costco, we shipped all that stuff down there, and it was waiting at the Animal Kingdom Lodge for us when we got there. And we all just ate in our rooms for breakfast. So that's a huge savings. You know, you just buy a couple gallons of milk if you want to eat Pop-Tarts or, you know, toast and eggs, you know, depending on the accommodation you have, that was a huge money saving um, thing. Plus then we also built snacks, you know, we brought snacks um, inside the parks for us. So you're no longer paying for, you know, what a $5 (laughs) Mickey bar, something else like that. So that's a huge saving as well. Um, Another thing we did is we froze water bottles um, the night before and we put them inside our um, backpack, our orange backpack and we... Sorry, the plug. Um, but we put it inside the backpack and we carried that around. And in the summer heat or in the fall heat, you know, those, you know, frozen water bottles started to um, actually, you know, thaw out and it was a lot easier. So we would generally pack anywhere from two to three back, you know, water bottles per person. Um, so if you order those from Costco or something or Publix, it's a lot cheaper because I think it's five dollars a water, water bottle inside the parks. So that's a huge money saving. Oh, dang, yeah. yeah. I also would say just to, to tag on that, um, that, you know, Disney does have a lot of amazing dining options. Uh, if you love food, Disney is an amazing place to go because they have great options there with great restaurants, great food, but it can get pretty expensive if you're eating out of your meal. So we would recommend kind of that you, you sort of map out kind of what's interesting to you, where you would really like to eat. You know, if you've heard some recommendations from people like, oh, you got to check out this one restaurant at Hollywood Studios or whatever. You know, map that out, kind of figure out what that's going to cost, sort of see if it fits in your budget. And maybe, you know, sort of say, we're going to do a sit-down restaurant meal every day of our vacation while we're there. We're just doing one. You know, we'll eat breakfast in the room. We're going to come back to the room for lunch while we swim and just kind of relax. And then maybe for dinner, we're going to have a a sit-down meal. And it's also, you know, an easy way to sort of budget for how much you're going to be spending as well. Disney has all of their menus online. 
You can check out the Disney World website and you can find all of their restaurants, all of their menus are on there with the pricing. So that's something we always do before our trip is we'll get on there and look at what what's interesting to us, where have we not tried, what do we want to check out? And then we'll sort of price it out and then we'll set that in our budget to say, all right, well, we have this amount of money set aside for dining. And then when we get there, we're also not having that sticker shock, right? And that's a lot of people get to the, the dining and they get the bill that comes to the end of the meal or the menu comes out and they're looking at those prices and they're saying, wow, I don't want to pay that for a hamburger or whatever, you know? Yeah. So it's uh, that sticker shot is stock shock is eliminated and you'll have a, a more pleasant experience, I would say. <laughs> you probably know what it's going to cost. Before That's you right. Know. Yeah, you're like, should I dine in Dash? I'm not sure. Is this frowned upon? It right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another, is- thing, another thing, Whitney, that we do is also a time saver. Um, Publix, uh, the grocery store down there, they have that Instacart um, option. So there's been times where, you know, if we just did a quick trip, you know, we'll have Publix deliver groceries to our room or, you know, our accommodations. And that allows us to not only save time, um, you, the first time you use um, the Instacart, I think it's free for you. I think there's just a service fee of like 4 or $5, but um, that's also another way to save money um, by getting good food options because, you know, there's days, you know, you're in the park for seven days and all they have is hamburgers for lunch, uh, you know, mm-hmm. but I want to eat seven days worth of hamburgers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know. No. Yeah. So for each of you, let's say budget's not an issue right now and you have to go to one restaurant. What's your one go-to restaurant? What do you get? Hmm. Uh, well, I, it's, you know, it's, that's, that's kind of a tough question. There's so many options. Yeah. I'll, I'll say my favorite restaurant that I tend to go to more often than not, and it's not an expensive restaurant, but I love the atmosphere is the sci-fi uh, dine-in theater at Disney's Hollywood studios. It's a, uh, it's, it's set like you're, if, when you walk in there, it's like you're going to an outdoor drive-in movie theater and all the tables are in cars and this, you know, sort of retro fifties, sixties uh, cars and, and the tables are set in the cars the waiters come around and they have a big screen up on the wall that plays old fashioned science fiction, you know, clips for movies and cartoons and things like that. The atmosphere is just a lot of fun. Uh, and they have great milkshakes there. That's one of the things I love to do is get a nice burger and a milkshake. And I know that's obviously not fine dining, but that's one of my go-to places that I love to go to. So if you ask me, you know, what's your favorite place, where would you go first? That's probably one of the places I'd recommend if you can get a reservation there. Oh, I love that. Walter, what about for you? So I, I would have, uh, if budget is not an option and you can get in, uh, Cinderella's Royal Table. Um, that was actually one of our best experiences when we took our kids yeah. the first time because it's you get a couple of pictures with Cinderella with the kids, so that's um, the first good thing. But then during the dinner, it's kind of like a live-action show where Cinderella and some other um, princesses are running around, and you get the evil step, you know, mother coming after her and everything else like that. So it's just kind of a, a neat entertainment, and plus you're inside the castle. Um, a lot of people try to get into that restaurant, but space is limited and it's really hard. So uh, we are actually able to, that time we went in 2009, we were able to get inside, um, <clears throat> book a reservation inside there. So that was great. It was a great experience um, for the kids. So um, I would really go back there again. That's so cool. One of the things that we loved when we went to Disney. So this is I'm I'm 30 years old. So it was like me and my fiance. We're both 30, and we are the old kids at the park. And we actually had a great time. But we went during the not so scary Halloween party. Okay. And it was so much fun. It's like you get candy for days, which was great for airplane snacks. So we were like getting the most out of it. But are there any other like seasonal events that you think are absolute must haves that you you have to go during a certain time of year? I'd say food and wine. 
Yeah, uh, Food and Wine, the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot is is definitely a, a fun thing to check out, especially if you enjoy food. They have uh, booths set up all around Epcot, and Epcot's kind of broken up into two areas. They have Future World, which is a lot of you know, futuristic rides and things. That's kind of where Spaceship Earth is, that big ball that people recognize. And then the other side is around the lagoon where all the water is on the other side of the park, and that's World Showcase. And they have you know countries from all over the world are represented over there. But they have booths all around that, that uh, lagoon there that have – food sampling from all around the world and wine and, and different types of beers and things. And it is a really great way to sort of get an idea of uh, just try some new things, you know, yeah. from around the world. It's, it's a really interesting way to, to try some different uh, cultural foods and things you probably wouldn't experience normally. Uh, and that runs usually in the fall. That's a great festival to go to. There's also another one uh, that's uh, during the springtime, the flower and garden festival that they have there, which is really great if you're into horticulture or, or flower. Is there anything like that where you can get out and just enjoy the nice weather? And they have lots of great foods and snacks and things like that, too. But those are a couple must-do things, I would say, especially food and wine. We like to go during yeah. that time of year because you can really get some great food options there. That's cool. That is. Yeah, really your cool. wife really loves it, too. She does, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's there not to love, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. My wife, yeah, my wife is from Australia, so she gets some foods there that you can't normally get here in the United States. There's a there's a dessert called lamingtons that she just is really fond of that she loves, but she yeah. just can't anywhere here, and they're they're made authentically there. So he, she loves going there just for that. That's amazing. And then Walter, do you ever go during Christmas? No, we have not made that venture yet. Um, <clears throat> I would love to go, but it's more of a time you know with family up here. Sure. It's hard to break away. Um, if my parents would relocate, yeah, then we would make, <laughs> make, make the trip. But I hear going during Christmas is a, it's an excellent time of year. And something, too, about that that's that's good to know. If you can't make it in December or right around Christmas time, uh, Disney does put up their Christmas decorations fairly early in the year. Pretty much as soon as the Halloween stuff goes down, the Christmas stuff goes up, like yeah. overnight. So it is a good way to go. You can actually go even before Thanksgiving and enjoy the Christmas decorations with lower crowds. Yes. Uh, and still get a sampling of, you know, like the very Merry Christmas party that they have that goes on every year there. You can still do that. You can still see all the decorations and the trees and the resorts are just decked out and beautiful, you know, big giant Christmas trees and lights and wreaths. And it's really a great time of year to go. I think I heard, correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen, don't they have like 100,000 poinsettias all over the Walt Disney you know, That sounds about right. That's, yeah. It's pretty amazing. How it's crazy. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. Okay. So there's so many good things that we could easily like dive a million different directions <laughs> into. But one of the pieces that I have always been curious about is we didn't stay in like one of the Disney properties. It was on Disney premises, but I think it was like a Wyndham or something of the sort. So Walter, I think you mentioned, did you say you stay at the Animal Kingdom? Is that like the lodge one that's like African safari style? Yes. Um, yeah, we stayed there, I think, what was it, two or three times ago, we stayed there at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Um, yes, that was a interesting experience staying there. What was your favorite thing about staying there? Well, so one of the f favorite things about staying there that um, it's kind of more of a peaceful atmosphere um, because, number one, they have a, a viewing area where you can view all these animals. So if your room is um, facing the safari, you can see, you know, from giraffes to, you know, rhinos to all kinds of different animals, which are pretty neat to see. But late at night when you come back from the park, they dim the lights and it's kind of like a movie theater type of atmosphere where it's real nice and it's peaceful. So it's more relaxing. And it's actually one of the farthest um, resorts away from all the parks and everything. So you don't have all the traffic and all the hustle and bustle. So it's more of a relaxing um, atmosphere. 
Um, I think we also had that. They have a African buffet down in the. Yeah. Is it the Jamba House? Is that? Uh, it's called Boma. Yeah. And they have African dishes and things there. It's it's a great place to go. They have a lot of great foods there. That's kind amazing. Of Stephen, yeah. where's your favorite place to stay? My favorite place probably would have to be the Beach Club. Yes. Uh, it's we've stayed there a few times. And we love it just because it's it's actually right next door to Epcot, <laughs> uh, and it's it's maybe a five minute walk to the back entrance of Epcot. There's two entrances to the park there, and the back entrance was just kind of not the main one, but they have another entrance from where those resorts are on that side, and the Beach Club is just right next to it. It's a beautiful resort. It's got a nice layout. It's right on a nice little lake there. The boats go by all the time. They have a little beach. Uh, it's just a nice a nice place to stay. So I think that's probably our favorite. Uh, but we do have a goal to stay at all the Disney resorts if we can, you know, to try <laughs> yes. everything. Because yes. each one of those resorts has such an amazing, uh, you know, story behind it. And yeah. It's got amazing details with it. You know, Disney's really great about putting a lot of detail into the resorts and really making each one really unique. So it, it's worth going to all of them. You know, it's it's we have a few favorites like the two we talked about. But, you know, there's there's a lot of value in staying at all the different types of resorts. They yeah. Have. I also we, you didn't mention the pool at the beach club. Oh right, yeah, the pool is great there. Yeah, uh, the pool is pretty exciting. So it's the largest pool on Disney property, and they also actually have sand in the bottom of the pool. So it's kind of like you're walking walking in the beach and everything else like that. Um, because we're a family of five and Steven's a family of four, um, that beach club accommodates their family a little bit better than it does us, you know, so, cause generally we, we like to have a, you know, a kitchen or something else like that. So, um, generally what we try to do is, you know, we will go to the beach club or we'll stay at multiple, um, resorts on our stay. Um, there's been times where we move from resort to resort, so they have a great option. So if you stay at an Animal Kingdom and you're moving to the Beach Club, Disney will actually move all your luggage directly to your new hotel, um, and it's a real neat feature. Um, that is I, so cool. Yeah, I we generally tell people that you've got to take it up because they what they really want you to do is they want you to be spending time, having fun, and actually, um, you know, just enjoying memories. That's so neat. So, okay, one of the things that I noticed when when I was initially planning my trip there is the lodging on the premises look it looks incredible, but it was it seems like it's a little on the expensive side. So, have you found any like hacks? Are there any like credit cards or anything at all that help with the the Disney points so you can actually get a discount there? Um, you know, it kind of depends on the, the Disney resorts. I would say you need to look at, there's different uh, levels of resorts there. I don't know if they call it levels. It's probably not that word, but they have a, you know, what they call value resorts and then moderate resorts and then deluxe resorts. And then, you know, they have the, the deluxe villas and the things that are multi-bedrooms that have full kitchens and, you know, several bedrooms. Uh, but, you know, there's usually there's a good price, uh, you know, swaps a different range of, of room options there. So if it's not in your budget to stay at one of the ones that's a deluxe, that's four or five hundred dollars a night or more. You know, sometimes you can find one depending on the season, you know, and a little bit less uh, price than that. Disney also does run some deals throughout the year. Uh, a lot of times when it's slower, like in the fall time, usually they'll run, you know, 20 or 30 percent off on some of the rooms. And if you can catch one of those deals you can actually get pretty good rates on those rooms. So they do tend to run more expensive typically than most resorts around the area. You know, a lot of people do stay off site in a non-Disney hotel just because it is a little bit cheaper to do that. But there are a lot of benefits with staying at Disney that, uh, you know, we really believe it's it's worth it to stay on, on site. That's good to hear. Um, yeah, because yeah, it, it saves a lot of time. I mean, so I think uh, one year when we went to, where did we stay at on um, that location? Oh, we stayed at probably very similar to the one you stayed at, the Wyndham there on site. 
uh, which is a great hotel, very Bonnie nice. Creek. It was uh, Bonnie Creek. Creek. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Bonnie that's Creek. exactly where we stayed. Yeah. Yeah. So we stayed there, and you know what we did is we had to drive back and forth to the location um, and everything else like that. And you know those were nice rooms. You know they accommodated. It was thirteen of us at the time, oh, and you know we saved a lot of money. But what we saved on money, you give up on time okay. of commuting back and forth. Um, so that's what we try to tell people, you know, you have your budget, but then you also have to balance out what is most important time. And, you know, if you have a longer commute back and forth to the your um, location where you're staying, you know, then it messes up with our plan because now you, you know, if you, you get there at the park early, then you've got to rush and have another half an hour commute back and forth you know as you know right around disney property you probably saw a whole bunch of traffic oh, yeah. uh, so nobody wants to be sitting in traffic lights you know, just yeah. to get back to a room and everything else like that so um so that's what we want to teach people is how to balance both time and money that's cool the the one resort that i was wishing i would have stayed at was the polynesian that one looked so sweet yes. oh yeah <laughs> they just built those new uh, the bungalows right on the water there yeah. just looking yes too they're but they're on definitely on the pricey side if you're in a budget uh, mindset you're probably not going to want to stay there <laughs> it does look beautiful yes you can get dole whip there too can't you you can yeah oh, see you guys are selling me on it yeah <laughs> get my spiked dole whip and feel like i'm in the maldives i mean come on <laughs> that's amazing they also at the polynesian they what's that ohana is that the restaurant sure. yeah. yeah we ate there and that's a great buffet it's kind of like another storytelling buffet but they had some great polynesian food i mean that was that was an excellent night um that we had there so yeah it's a great resort good Very to nice. hear from your perspective, I mean, Disney has done such a dang good job branding and just building up this amazing empire. What do you yeah. think each of you, like you've been there multiple times now. Why do you think that Disney is so successful as a company? Uh, well, I can, I can tell you why I keep going back to Disney. And yeah. I'm sure there's, there's a lot of you know details from everybody is a little bit different. But uh, I, they do have a lot of detail. Uh, their, their, their attention to detail is really high at Disney. They're very focused on excellence. They're very focused on the small details. Uh, their customer service is always excellent. You know, and there's a lot of hotel chains around the world that are excellent in their customer service. But every time we go to stay at a Disney resort, we kind of know what we're going to get there. We're going to get people who are friendly. Yes. They're helpful. You know, the customer service is always going to be good. Uh, you also know that, you know, sort of we call it, you know, jokingly the bubble at Disney. You kind of drive into <laughs> Disney property and you sort of check out from the real world for a little while. You know, yeah. and if you're staying on Disney property and you're riding Disney transportation, you're going to Disney parks every day or at the pools and you know, you kind of can check out from the real world for a little while. And that's that's very appealing to a lot of people, you know, the Disney parks. Yes. Uh, but you know, other than their their characters and their movies and there's such broad appeal of all the different things that they have, and especially now with all the different things with Marvel and Star Wars and all these other you know, the properties and things that they own now. There's such a broad appeal to the brand. I think there's a lot of reasons why people go there. But we continue to go back again and again, at least to Disney World, you know, specifically because we just love the atmosphere and we love going there. It's just a great place to go and get away in a little while. That's cool. Walter, what about for you? Do you is like what keeps you going back there? Yeah, you know, I, I think their marketing does a great job. I mean, because there's times um, I'll text Stephen, hey, I just saw the Disney commercial about 25%. <laughs> Right. And I'm like, hey, do you want to go? And it's, you know, every time our wives like, no, we're not going. Then, <laughs> you know, the two of us start talking that we can easily persuade them, you know, <laughs> <I love this. laughs> to 
to get on board. He said, maybe I think, yeah. I think we can persuade him. Um, <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's just a great time because, you know, you can leave, you know, what I generally do is I leave all the work and, you know, back here in Columbus and then you go down there and you just kind of relax, you just unwind and, you know, you just forget about everything. Um, and it's just, it's just an enjoyable experience, you know, from the time you, they open up your car door and they say, hey, welcome home. You know, their attention to detail is, you know, I would say superb. Um, actually, I had a, a funny story. Um, for years, I've been talking to my parents about going to Disney. So they finally went down last September with us. And I, I am so amazed that, you know, two people that just continually talk about this Disney vacation and they didn't really do anything. I think they went to the parks one day, they stayed at the beach club, you know, and all they did was eat and swam every day. And they just continually talk about, oh, I can't wait till we go back. When are we going back? And I just thought, wow, they're already hooked, you know, after 10 years of me talking about it. So it's just one of those things you get hooked, you know, if you have a pleasant experience and like Steven said, you know, it's the same routine, you know, um, over and over and over and over and over again. So I just love it personally. No, I agree. I think one of the cool things too about Disney is um, sidebar convo. There's a book called Be Be Our Guest, mm-hmm. all about Disney customer service. Love that yes. book. Oh, so yes. cool. Um, but one of the things that I think is so interesting about Disney is they have so many little hidden secrets and nooks and crannies and hidden Mickey's and like all this kind of stuff that is amazing. So do you guys have any little favorite secrets about each of the different parks that most people would maybe skip over and not recognize as a big deal? Yeah, actually, you, you hit on one of the big ones that most people I think we talk to are totally unaware of, which is hidden Mickey's. Uh, we we make that a, a plan, you know, a game in our family. We go to you know to Disney and we want to look for these hidden Mickey's. And if you're not familiar, your listeners aren't familiar with what that is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the Disney designers. They call them you know, their Imagineers. They they put these Mickey's these Mickey symbols, you know, either like a profile of Mickey or like the three circles, you know, the head and the iconic one that you see. They've they've hidden them all over the place at the resorts and the parks and the restaurants and they're in the decor, they're in the carpet, they're yeah. they're everywhere, you know, when you look around. And if you really pay attention to the details, you'll find those hidden Mickeys in lots of places. And we'll usually keep track of, all right, well you got this many, okay, and you got this money and you got this many and we'll have some sort of prize at the end of the trip for it. Uh, but that's a lot of fun to check that out just because you it really kind of makes you slow down a little bit and enjoy the details. You know, there is something to be said about slowing down and enjoying the details because Disney puts so much effort into the details. And a lot of times we can kind of be rushing from ride to ride to ride. And that's great. And you have a great time. But, you know, seeing those things while you're standing in line waiting, you know, it's it's great to notice. Oh, there's a Mickey hidden up there behind that leaf yeah. or, or whatever. It's, it's just cool to see that stuff. I would say that's one of the big things I'd say it would be a secret that most people are not totally unaware of, you know, and there's a lot of those details at Disney that people just don't see. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Walt? I would agree with you. Um, the Hidden Mickeys, actually, uh, Stephen's the one who told me about the Hidden Mickeys. Um, one of the other things I think um, that a lot of people aren't aware of, <clears throat> and we talked about the parks. Um, I'm trying to think. Sorry. I apologize. Um, adults, you know, can order off of the kids' menu. Oh, no way. Yeah, so that's a huge, not only budget savings, um, but it also can save you money, it can save you time and everything else like that. So that's one of the secrets that a lot of people aren't aware of um, and saving money. Heck yeah, that's a killer one too because yeah, I mean a lot of times the kids menus, when you look at the food, it's like that – I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Whenever I go to a park, I walk around for a couple hours and I feel hungry, but I'm not starving. So it's like, I just need a little something. So that's good to hear. Sure. 
there's a, there's I mean there's a lot of things like that. There's like uh, I don't know when you talk about dining and food. You know, it's people can actually make dining reservations. Most people don't know that they can make a dining reservation at several restaurants an hour before the park actually opens. Magic Kingdom, there's like you know two or three places, two places to do that. Uh, where you can make a dining reservation and be there before the park even opens. So you kind of have that moment to walk to the, the restaurant in the park when nobody else is in there, which is so unusual at Disney World nowadays. And you're also, once you're done with your meal, you know, you're, you're there before most people are in the park. So you can really hit the ground running and get a lot done. Most people just kind of assume, well, the park opens at nine. I guess that's when we have to have breakfast. We're making a dining reservation. And actually, a lot of times you can make one an hour before that even starts, which is kind of a nice thing to try out once in a while. Another benefit for staying on property is they generally have extra magic hours. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Not much, no. So generally what they'll do is, you know, periodically throughout the week, if you stay on the resort property, um, you as a guest of the resort, you they generally will say, well, Magic Kingdom opens up, you know, instead of at 9 o'clock, it's going to open up at 8 o'clock, or it's going to stay open an hour later. Oh. Uh, so that gives you a little bit more time to enjoy the parks, and they periodically will pick, you know, from different days of the week, you know, maybe Monday's Magic Kingdom, uh, Wednesday's Epcot, Thursday's Hollywood Studios, and Friday is maybe uh, Animal Kingdom. So generally on the Disney website, you can see when the extra magic hours are. And that is a huge benefit of staying um, on the resort property as well. That's so cool. Okay, so the other piece that I think is always so much fun is how interactive even like waiting in line is where it's like in Indiana Jones, you can, I don't know, pull a a piece of rope and stuff happens. Like, it's just so neat. I feel like such a kid when I go there. I just love it so much. Right. Yeah, there are a lot of things like that that people just kind of walk by and they don't see, you know, probably because they're in a hurry to get to the next thing. True. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't want to get a lot done on your trip. But at the same time, like I said, slow down and see the details and you'll see that stuff. And actually, Disney's added a lot more of that stuff in the last few years into the into the lines and the queues so that people have something to do while they're waiting in line. Just because oftentimes in the busy rides, you know, in the busy time of year, you could be waiting an hour, hour and a half, maybe you know, two or three hours if it's a really popular ride. So it's nice to have some stuff to do in the line like that. And you'll see those details if you look for them. Can you guys walk me through? I was a little confused with Disney World style of fast passes. So, okay, how do walk us through what's a fast pass and how do you actually get them when you go to Disney World? Well, they when you book uh, your, your when you get your tickets at Disney, you have an opportunity to reserve a time where you can go to a specific attraction or a show or and they have different things that you can do there. And you can book them through the website, you know, um, the Disney World website, or you can book them on the app. Disney has an app called My Disney Experience. You can do it on there. And it basically just allows you a time where you can show up for that ride. And there's a shorter line that's available for you at that time. So if you walk up to the line and you don't have anything booked, you know, Fast Pass or anything, you just walk up there and the sign says, well, the wait is 60 minutes. So you get in line, you wait 60 minutes. But the Fast Pass line, if you have something reserved for a time slot, when you walk up and it's 10:15 and you have that Fast Pass reserved, you can get into the faster line and go bypass most of the people in the standard line. And oftentimes that ride wait time is far, far less, you know, depending on the ride and what time of day and everything. But you could be waiting five, 10 minutes, maybe at the most uh, in the fast pass line. So it's something that Disney's done recently, you know, in the last 10 years or so, they've done, you know, added these fast pass options. And uh, Disney World in particular is a little bit different than the California version. They do their own version of uh, fast passes out there. Uh, but the one that they do now is all pretty much digital through the, the Disney website or the app. Uh, and you can make them in the, in the parks as well. They have kiosks throughout the park that you can make them. Uh, and the further out in advance that you can do that, the better. 
Uh, there are popular attractions that book up really fast. They only have a limited number of fast passes available each day for each attraction. So you want to try to get on as soon as you know you're going on a trip and as soon as there's a window that opens where you, depending if you're staying on Disney property or off Disney property, where you can book those fast passes. And you get three per day that you can use. And once you've used those fast passes up, you can use you can book more you know, for whatever's available for the rest of the day. So it's definitely something you should utilize when you're on your trip. It'll really save you a lot of time. Yes. How far in advance can you do fast passes? 45 days. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, but it's 45 days. You can book oh them in. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. Yeah. I was yeah. like the day of I was trying to get my Avatar fast pass. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. good. <laughs> we had a hard time finding them, you know, at that time for something like Avatar. It was a little tricky. Yeah, yeah we, are... did, we did go on the ride, though, and it was truly incredible. It was a really cool one. Yeah, it was. It's pretty amazing, that ride. Yeah, it was. I love it. So, okay, for everybody listening in, if they're Disney fans, they their options are either watch every YouTube video and try to read every single blog to get tips and tricks, or they can go directly to follow the orangebackpack.com and you sell guidebooks on there. Tell us a little bit about the guidebooks and how those work and why somebody might consider that over just trying to piece it all together. Sure. Yeah, we recommend that everybody goes to Disney with a plan of some kind. Like you said, people could come up with their own plan. They could do the do the research. They can dig onto the, you know, Google what, how to save time and save money at Disney and get in there and figure out what order to do what rides in uh, because there is an order to do things in. You know, we know from experience in the past that if we go to where everyone else is going, we're going to wait in line a lot longer. Whereas if we kind of go the opposite of that or we go the way that we've kind of learned over through experience that is a better way to go, we'll wait less in line. So you can do that. You just kind of figure it out on your own or, you know, we've tried to, to make that as simple as possible for you by having uh, you know, plans that we have available on our on our site, uh, which is their one day plans. So, and you can you know you can get a plan for Magic Kingdom, for Epcot, for all the parks that they have there, and uh, you'll be able to sort of figure out what order to do what things, you know, what time of day. So, we always recommend people get there early. Uh, it's always the best you know timing saving tips you can have is get to the parks early. But then the plans will recommend kind of what order to do things in, and uh, you know kind of say go to this one first, and then try this one, and then this one, and this one, and if you do those things in that order, it will save you quite a bit of time, just because it's oftentimes not the rides that everyone else is doing. Uh, you're still doing all the rides that everyone wants to do. You're just maybe doing them in a different order, and it will save you quite a bit of time. So uh, we have that in the plans as well as uh, dining recommendations. You know, many times people don't know where to eat. They're kind of like, I've never been here, and this all looks the same to me. I don't know where to go. We'll recommend a few places, you know, based on what you have. And we have those plans available for uh, families with small kids and families with teenagers as well, just because we know that, you know, the rides that people with small kids want to do are going to be different than ones with teenagers. You know, the teenagers may not want to ride Dumbo over and over again, but the people with small kids might want to, you know. There's nothing so, wrong with Dumbo. Nothing wrong with Dumbo. <laughs> Three but, times you know, in a row, Walter, come on. <laughs> Right. So That's we're so trying to help people as much as we can to, to do things in the correct order so they save themselves some time. So they do have the ability to, uh, you know, take a break in the afternoon and go home and or go back to the hotel and rest with the kids and let the kids have a nap so that they're not burned out by five o'clock. Yes. You know, no, so. I'm telling you, I'm seriously making my mom listen to this episode over and over again because she's <laughs> such a diehard and she needs well, to embrace the breaks. There's right. not there's nothing terrible, you know, as we're both parents. And you're seeing a kid at six, seven o'clock, and this kid is just <laughs> having a, a temper tantrum, and it's like, you know, hey, you should have took a break. You should have, you know, Seriously. let the kid sit down for a nap or something else like that, you know, because the kids can't keep on pushing at that at our level. And you know, um, 
I, sh- I we should have recognized. You know, we've got a picture of my a middle daughter when she started to get sick, and I was pushing through. You know, we had these strollers, and we, we just kept on going. I'm like, I'm getting my money's worth. Eight hundred dollars a day, honey. Let's do this. <laughs> right? Yeah, we're 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 going. So. Um, I love it. I'm like dying because this is. I'll have to. Sh- I'll send you guys a picture of my nephew after they were walking back to their hotel, and he's wearing a little Tigger hat, and he's like squatting on the ground, like t- clearly pooped out. <laughs> like poor kid. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's not uncommon to see that in the parks at all. People, you know, that's a lot. You know, it's a lot of walking. It's a lot of stuff going on. It's often hot, so it's yeah. it's good to go with a plan. You know, whatever, however you're going to do that plan. But we, we try to make it as easy as we can for people to to have a successful trip where they come back and they're like, man, that was great. I want to do that again. Right. Yeah. Rather than go in there and like, I'm never doing that again. That was horrible. And we waited in line. We spent too much money and, you know, we're trying to help people as much as we can with that, with plans. I love we, it. <clears throat> Whitney, we also have on our website, a couple of free digital downloads um, for people as well. We have one that's called 50 money saving tips um, where we're just kind of going over, you know, these are our top 50 ways to save money. We would encourage each one of your listeners to go on there and download that. Um, we also have a packing plan, and we also have some free souvenirs that Disney offers as well. So much fun. I appreciate that. I'll definitely link that in the show notes. So for everybody listening in, go check out the show notes. There's going to be lots of goodies and resources in there. So definitely worth it. Guys, I truly have had a pleasure talking a little bit more about Disney and all that nerdy stuff because I think it's we're a select group of people. So it's really fun to geek out with others, too. Before we officially part ways, are you each down for some rapid fire questions? Sure. Okay, go ahead. Awesome. This is going to be very fun. Okay, so Walter, I'm going to start with you on this one. Um, What is one purchase you've recently made that has made your life better? Oh, wow. Steven's like, I'm glad you're going first. (laughs) (laughs) Purchase. Oh, man. Um, You know, we just bought some new digital equipment uh, for the business, so... It's all about saving time and money and utilizing resources um, in the right way. So That's cool. And then, Stephen, what, what about for you? One purchase you recently made that has made your life better? Uh, when it comes to Disney, uh, Hidden Mickey's book, actually, has, has been a, a good pick, purchase for me. It's Stephen M. Barrett wrote this book called Hidden Mickey's. And, we, you know, we've been kind of looking for them in the parks, but this book actually has all of the listing of all the hidden Mickeys in all of the parks. So we kind of would know if someone saw something that was like, yeah, that kind of looks like a hidden Mickey, but I'm not sure. You could look it up in the book and it'll tell you if it is or not. So uh, that was a, a small purchase, but it's something that was really worthwhile. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Okay. My next question is I personally am very obsessed with people's morning routines. So, uh, Stephen, let's start with you on this one. What is your current morning routine? Current morning routine, get up, have breakfast, and typically I like to go to the gym first thing in the morning. Uh, just I find it just kind of clears my head, helps me kind of get centered for the day, get focused, and then I can get back, you know, back home after I get to the gym and I can hit the ground running. And I find that my most productive hours are usually in the morning, so I'll try to get the big things I need to get done first thing in the morning. But the, going to the gym just helps me kind of, I don't know, get the stress out or something and kind of get focused for the day. It's really It really works well for me. That's awesome. Walter, what about for you? So me, I generally start pretty early between 5.30 and 6, and I get up and I do a little time of reading, um, then I do a little time of prayer, and then I uh, start on, you know, the follow the orange backpack, then 
after I want to say right around 8:30, and I leave for work and and I start the, my real job. So that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, that, that's like the spirit of hustle when you got to work on two businesses and get them both to grow. Yes. I get that. I get that. Okay, next question for you. Not necessarily Disney related, but I guess it could be. What is one location you're dying to travel to? Stephen, where where would you like to go? Uh, one location dying to travel to. We're actually making a, a plan to uh, go to Europe this year to go to Ireland. We've never been there before. And it's one place my wife and I have talked about going for a long time. So I'd have to put that at the top of my list. That's something we've been, we've been wanting to do for a while. So fun. Walter, what about for you? My wife wants to go to Hawaii, and I want to go to France. Um, so those would be um, in my our top two. Oh, Probably yeah. hers, hers first, then mine. <laughs> <laughs> because you make her go to Disney all the time, so she <laughs> that's yeah. the give and take, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> okay, so last question for each of you is, in your opinion, uh, Stephen, what is the secret to financial success? Secret to financial success. Uh, I would say, you know, making small decisions, you know, as you go throughout uh, throughout life, you know, it's uh, for me, I found financial success comes when I make, you know, small little decisions uh, throughout my day about stuff when it comes to spending money. Uh, I think sometimes we have this mindset that it's like, man, I got to make huge decisions on stuff. But I really feel like the small decisions have been the biggest changer in my life about stuff, you know, with, okay, we're going to set a budget in this category and we're going to stick to it, or we're going to focus on this and invest in it, we're going to do this or whatever. So a small Small decisions, I think, has been a big thing for me. Love that. Walter, from a financial planner perspective, what do you think your answer would be? <laughs> uh, so my answer would be, number one, you have to have goals. And once you have goals, then you uh, have a strategy to attack the goals. Um, so it's more about planning. Um, so I generally, one of the things I do is I write down my goals twice a day, once in the morning and once at night. And it's kind of more of a Grant Cardone 10x philosophy. Yeah. And that actually helps me propel me towards the goals and the strategies. So um, that would be my uh, key to financial success. Uh, Stephen and Walter, this has been so much fun. I'm so grateful for your time. It was really, truly a pleasure getting to know you and learning a little bit more about Disney tips and tricks and all kinds of fun stuff. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me today. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having us on. All right. What did you think? I love this episode. I thought it was so interesting just to hear their strategies. And more importantly, how every time they go to the park, they pick up something kind of different and each of them walk away with a different takeaway. I thought that was really interesting and kind of cool. When I have children, I think I will definitely be making them go to Disney as part of our normal routine. Maybe once every three years. I don't know if I can go every year. I'm not that diehard. Anyway, if you enjoyed this episode, do me the biggest favor and share it with one of your Disney friends. We all have one. Let's be real. So share it with them and see if they have any tips to add. I'd love to keep the conversation going offline as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to leave a review, subscribe, do all those fun things that help the podcast and mean the world to me. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye.